Pastor Persons, Minister King, Mr. Jefferson, who's in the back of our youth, youth, Reverend Grant, who is watching, to our guests, Reverend Barry, officers, members, online viewers, and guests, good morning. Here are your announcements for this week. Thanks to everyone who was on hand yesterday for the comedy show. It was a great success. Congratulations again to our Gospel Music Heritage Month Birthplace of Gospel Music Legacy Awardees. This honor was very much deserved by all four. Yes, all four. I'm sure you noticed that Sister Loretta Oliver was not present. Apparently, she or they, I say they because she, Sister Vernon Oliver Price, and Dr. Zella Evans Reedy all traveled together. They had car trouble and a family issue that had to be attended to. So we're working to get together here soon so that she can accept her award and also grace us with her power. Amen. <laughs> Members, please continue to pursue your food handler certificate and send a copy to me at churchclerk at embcchicago.org. There are flyers in the back that have that information. When you complete the course, if you complete the course and have difficulty printing, you can always come down here and use one of our printers to print your certificate. Please let us know if you or a loved one would like to be included on our prayer and concern list. You can call the office with that information. Coming up this week, yoga class resumes on Tuesday, October 3rd. Remember that you must have a signed waiver to attend the class. <coughs> Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Proverbs 31:25. That's our theme for Women's Day, the power and strength of the woman. Next Sunday, next Sunday, October 8th, is Women's Day. Our speaker for the morning is Reverend Jean Jones from Fellowship. Ladies, we are wearing any combination of orange and white. We are asking all members, gentlemen, as well as ladies, $121 in support of our Women's Day. Lunch will be served after the morning service. So we will have time to fellowship after our message from Reverend Jones. Wow. We again thank Sister Belinda Guyton for spearheading the month-long prayer focus leading up to women's day. It is much appreciated. Thank you. Our fish fry for Women's Day is scheduled for Friday, October 6th. There are flyers in the lobby if you still have people you want to invite or alert to it. And you can see Sister Artel for <coughs> order forms so you can plan your meals ahead of time. And following morning worship today, the women's choir will rehearse for next week. Sister so Tonda Jefferson and Dr. Pamela Person are our Women's Day Oceans. We are participating in Chicago Architecture Center's Open House Chicago next weekend. We are one of their more popular sites, I must say. Next Saturday and Sunday, October 14th and 15th, the church will be open for visitors to explore this 
Dagmar Adler's Magnificent Work. On Saturdays from 10 to 5 and Sundays from 1 to 5. If you are interested in helping out as a guide or a greeter, please let me know. If we have enough people on hand, we can set up stations so none of us have to walk the entire footage of this church. And if you've ever been here on Open House weekend, you know that's a lot of walking. So again, if we have enough volunteers, we can set up stations. So if you're upstairs, you can stay upstairs. If you're downstairs, you can stay downstairs. Those are our announcements for this week. All the people have gone in the back. All the way to Jefferson for our youth church. We invite those of you who are worshiping here in person and those of you online. Remember to share this service on social media. And if you are viewing here in the church, please remember to turn your device into silence. Thank you. The church, amen. Let the church say amen again. It is a beautiful day in the city. Uh, I am celebrating the fact that it's a beautiful day, knowing and thinking that we may pay for it in two or three months. But uh, one of the great things about Chicago is that we get to experience all of the heat. Sometimes in the same day. Amen. But we are we're super excited and we're gonna we don't have any much more announcements this to make. Just want to say a couple of things before we welcome our guests today. Uh, thank you to those persons that have traveled with me and were present at Metropolitan Community Church for their revival on Wednesday. They started. Thank you. Y'all didn't have me out there on an island. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, that you were there uh, and supporting them. Today, uh, they are boarding, burning their mortgage. Uh, and so we will be uh, present with them uh, for the afternoon celebration as they burn the mortgage. They paid uh, for that new building uh, 15 years before in advance. Oh, y'all ain't celebrating. They paid for their fulfilling 15 years before it was, it was due, uh, and we, that serves as an inspiration uh, to how awesome God is and what we can do when we work together. Amen? Amen. So we know that God is going to bless us too. Amen? Amen. Also, I want to say thank you for making, uh, for those of you who came out to support and spread the word about the uh, evangelism Christian comedy show that we had on yesterday. I was so pleased it was an absolute success. Um, I got many comments from people who were there in attendance and they, uh, they, they were enjoying the fact that everything for one was so friendly. Number two, that we were doing something different, amen, and that we were reaching out and we're going to continue to do that because we recognize that there are so many ways to share the good news of Jesus Christ, amen. And so one of the ways, one of the ways, one of the ways, one of the ways that you can do that, Ebenezer, because y'all know we have learned that evangelism is just not on the ministerial, the ministerial, or just the teaching. It's on all of us. Well, we have, uh, we designed two uh, postcards. The other one is still trying to get that printed, but we have one that we passed out on yesterday. 
And it just simply says, come try Ebenezer this week. You can take 10 of them and you can give them to people. And it has on it our, our times of our services, prayer calls, and all those things, and midweek Bible study. Uh, and then it says on one part of it, it says, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? And uh, we encourage people then, there's a QR code that they can scan with their phone. And it will take them directly to our site where they can put in their contact information and their prayer request. And we will take those and we will lift them on high. So every member can take a few of these. They are at the table at the front uh, and give to friends, family, neighbors. And then you will be participating in evangelism. Amen. 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 Also, I just want to mention yet again that next Sunday is Women's Day. Now, women historically at this church have had not have had amazing Women's Day program because y'all really put y'all shoulders into the work, and and you all have been doing that this year, and so we celebrate you. And the way it's going to be success is that you're going to invite your friends to come to Ebenezer to join you as we celebrate women here at Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. So again, we're asking our members to do their part. Also do your part financially. If you have not already done so, seed your offering so that this can be a wonderful success. Also, we want to say this month we are hoping to hear uh, from the city, uh, the Landmark Commission, usually reports out in October about the next round of grants that will be given out. Uh, we have submitted our grant. Uh, and we've been bold. We submitted our grant for $1.8 million. And um, we gonna see. Amen. We gonna see. But we we have enjoyed the favor of God uh, in places and high places, and we're looking forward uh, uh, with that. And I wanted to say thank you to all those persons that have worked alongside to get that grant in. It, it was in on time, and we are super excited. I want to pause. I don't want to ever, ever, ever uh, uh, forget about people. Uh, yesterday, part of the success was uh, Mr. King was on duty uh, as host and sound technician. Uh, he did such a wonderful job. Except for the time we threw Shane in the pastor, but that's old days. I, I'm saving that ground for later for him, but I want to say thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for what you do uh, to make us look good. Uh, how you uh, how you keep us on path. Sometimes we work your nerves, but I know it's in love. And I ain't, I ain't mad at that. Because he recognizes that he don't want us to look ragged deep. He don't want us to look ragged, and I don't want us to look ragged. And so I, I, I certainly celebrate what he's doing. Now, happy birthday to all of the October people. Happy birthday. Uh, I know his birthday has passed, but since it was a milestone birthday, uh, I want to acknowledge our treasurer who, who carries the weight of that job uh, every single day for Ebenezer. Stanley reached 70 years of life. Come on, y'all can do better than this. Please go in the treasurer, the person that pays our bills. 
sometimes with no money. I don't know how he does it, but God. That we celebrate him and we celebrate all of you who celebrate a birthday in October. Ebenezer, uh, we want to acknowledge our visitors. You are visiting with us today. You can just wave your hand. Uh, praise the Lord for your presence, for your presence. Now, what's going to happen is uh, Ebenezer is going to stand and greet each other and greet you uh, as we welcome you to this Ebenezer. Our choir or stand is going to say what a fellowship. As we fellowship one another briefly, return to our feet as we greet one another. So let us stand. Let us greet one another uh, with Jesus' joy as we pass the peace of Christ. Amen.
Brenda and Charles McLaughlin, John Lewis, Monica Purnell, Willie McDavid, Marlena Jackson, who was in the building and was in the building yesterday. Praise the Lord. Praying for Beverly Bogus, who also is in the building today. Presto ladies of the house of prayer. Nikita Franklin, Sarah Phillips, Rhonda Brown, Jack Speech, Virgiline Daniels, Laura, Conwell, Maisie Joyce, Jordan, C. Jones, Maisie Jordan, Aaron McCray, Maxine Olsen, Marisa Payton, Joseph Harris, Jennifer Warren, Tasha McShann, Irene Brown, Sean Martin, Linda Mayfield, Marlene Owen, Martin Fox, Frank Rod Martin, Pamela Ward, Howard Jones, Marcus Sidney, Ruth Clerk, Edward Sullivan, Myron Brooks, Frank and Little Brown, Ramona Garrett, who did this Right here in every 
personally I was usually in high school, I assumed that because he probably couldn't get into the CBS, but that's okay. He moved to LA in 1980, and he was licensed to preach at the Friendship Baptist Church of Yorba Linda in 1987. He was a graduate of USC, University of Southern California. Provided a good table yesterday. Looking at two of the possible candidates for the next Bears quarterback, we'll see. Okay, Dana. He currently is attending the Gateway Theological Seminary pursuing his master's divinity. He is married uh, to the wonderful, beautiful Reverend Jeanette Berry of Sydney for two years. And he is the lead young adult ministry minister at the Appleton Baptist Church in Hawthorne, California. Together they have a daughter, Harris Jewel, and a blended family with son, River George. Pastor Barry has a connection, and I'll let him share his connection with Ebenezer. He too had the privilege to sit in the balcony years ago when there wasn't no seats up in here. But he also is a, not only a minister and a pastor, he's also a well-known comic, clean comic. Amen. He has uh, been on, uh, he's an Apollo legend, uh, Death Comedy Jam All-Star. And he graced the stage at Ebenezer on yesterday. And we have a time. He is very serious about his ministry over them. And he has he commits not to victim, but to maximize them. For God's glory. We met earlier this summer, this summer when he came to Chicago to visit, and uh, he was just, I saw him as he just stood in awe of looking around Ebenezer and being able to recall and reflect on memories that he had as a young, young man in this place. And we got to talking and he said, hey, I want to help you anyway. He heard about what we're trying to do as far as the renovation and he said, I want to help. I want to help anything I can do. Perhaps you will allow me to come and speak. And Divine Providence worked out that he was going to be in the area performing in Detroit. So we agreed to come on down to Ebenezer in Chicago, and we'll give you Saturday and Sunday. So if Saturday bombs, you can come back on Sunday and preach a word. I usually don't, when I meet somebody for the first time, I usually don't extend the food because I don't know them, but there was a media connection. And he has been so beautiful. He sent me his outline, all the stuff. I'm like, what? Bro, you had to do all that. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. He's going to come in his own way. After the somatic selection, the next speaking voice in here will be that of Reverend Lester Berry. Ebenezer, let's receive him when he comes. 
Can the church say amen? Can we say amen like we mean it? Amen, amen, amen. I want to first uh, give honor to God, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life. And then I bring you greetings from the Atherton Baptist Church in Hawthorne, California, where I serve as the assistant pastor. Our pastor is Larry D. Weaver. Our first lady is Patricia Weaver. And we are a ministry that is on fire for the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful to my pastor for putting me out on loan, allowing me to come out and uh, be a part of this great weekend. I don't go nowhere without my pastor's approval. Amen. I want to thank your pastor for recognizing my heart, my soul, my spirit on such a short meeting and opening the pulpit up and allowing me to get up on a Saturday and act the fool in front of his sheep. Amen. <laughs> so it's an honor and a privilege. Um, on behalf of my wife, Reverend Trinette Berry, who could not be here with us, uh, we would have, she'd had to take all work. We'd have had to bring the baby and buy two tickets, and three tickets and all of that. And so she is watching online right now. Amen. And um, just uh, sends her, uh, her, her blessings and her prayers out to today. Amen. Also, I have family members who have come out. Amen. Will my family please stand wherever you are in the building? Will you stand? Amen. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up. If you came with my family, stand up, stand up. You came with them, stand up. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm not sure if any of my classmates came out today. I know some were out on yesterday. Any classmates, any Julian folk uh, come out? Did you say, did you say, y'all may be seated. Did, y'all, did you say CBS? Is that what you said? I can't believe. Oh, my, oh my goodness. We beat CBS every chance we got. Amen. Football, basketball. I believe we beat y'all in tiddlywinks. I mean, every chance we debate anything. <laughs> CBS, man. Oh, I love CBS. Amen. But um, so thankful to bring, uh, bring the rightly divided word on this morning. Um, as I've said, Pastor eloquently said, uh, I'm going to have to use that. He said, I, I don't combine them. I want to maximize them. Amen. But um, I try not to preach when I do comedy, and I certainly avoid doing comedy when I preach. Amen. And so if something tickles your funny bone on this morning, it was not my intention. My intention, preferably, is to rightly divide the word of God. Amen. I'm not afraid to throw something in. If I see you nodding off in the back, if I see you, amen, I'll throw something to make sure you're paying attention. Amen. (laughs) But it is not by any stretch of the imagination, my intention to entertain you on this morning. Amen. All right. That being said, make sure I got to everything, all the appropriate things I need to get to. Um, let us um, go to God with a word of prayer. Amen. Let me head out every eye closed. Father God in heaven, I pray right now, Lord God, for open hearts and minds that would be receptive to your truth the truth that you would reveal to us this morning through your Holy Spirit. Lord God, I ask that you would give us eyes to see Jesus in every word, every thought, every idea that is preached on this morning. Lord God, I ask you to open up hearts to love you more today than we loved you on yesterday. Give us the will to do freely only what the Holy Ghost leads, guides, and directs us to do. 
to live righteously in your sight. And when you get glory, Lord, we pray that you would get glory out of our little old lives. I just need two, three people, if that's their prayer, just say, Lord, get glory. Get glory out of my life. It is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus we pray and we ask all things. And the people of God once again say, Amen. All right, with that, it has been read, but I would, for just for continuity, read into your spirit one more time. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 through 31. And if you would just um, humor me and just stand for the reading of the word. I know it's already been read, but for continuity, I want to read it into your spirit. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. I'm going to read all the way to 31. The word of God reads, Why do you say, Jacob, and you assert Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? And the justice due me escapes the notice of God. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weary. And to the one who lacks might, he increases power. So youth grow weary and tired. And the vigorous men stumble badly. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk, not become weary. A different translation might say they will never faint. We're going to use for a title today, theme, thought, and subject, being strong enough to let go. Strong enough to let go. You may be seated in his presence. By way of introduction, I would offer you this. The parallel between strength and power. There's a close relationship between strength and power. But I would um, put forth this morning the idea that they're not necessarily the same thing. Amen. Strength and power. We know if we've been walking with God any amount of time, we know that there's power in prayer. Does anybody know? Anybody know? There's power in prayer. Uh, we know, we've heard of the power of suggestions. Anybody heard about that? We know that there's power in positive thinking, or so we've been told. We've been told there's, that knowledge is power. Somebody may have heard that. We've heard preparation and planning is, is power. We've heard that there's power in unity as well as power in numbers. Luther Vandross wrote a song about the power of, of love. Amen. But I would ask you to consider this morning, and I want you to put your hand in the air like this. I want you to make a fist like you're just trying to show off your strength. Amen. I want you to consider the power in being strong enough to let go. The strength. Not so much to hold on. But the strength that it takes to let go. The thesis, if I can offer you one, Pastor Person, is this. When we depend on God and not our own ability, Christ will give us all the strength we need to abide or as we abide in him. That's when we're strong enough. 
to just let go and let God. Our key verse is verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. An alternate translation of the key verse uh, would come from the Jewish Bible. It says that his understanding, talking about God, his understanding cannot be fathomed. Fathomed. Can't be fathomed. If you don't know, you ought to know that it means when you try to measure the depth of something. Think of trying to fathom or comprehend the depth of the ocean. The Good News Bible says it differently. It says no one understands his thoughts. Did you get that? No one understands his thoughts. Finally, the Message Bible, I don't know about you, but every now and again when I read the Message Bible, I feel like Eugene Peterson is picking on me personally. Does anyone ever feel that way? The Message Bible reads, don't you know anything? Come on, that ought to wake you up right there. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? I step aside and I quote uh, uh, my, my friend Chris Tucker. He would say, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Eugene Peter goes on, he's the creator of all that you can see, all that you can imagine. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything from the inside as well as the outside. The people of God, if you don't know the story, the people of God are being rebuked in our text for today. They're being rebuked for their unbelief and distrust of God. They're reminded that they took on the name Jacob and Israel from one who found God to be faithful to him in all of his straits, according to Matthew Henry's concise Bible commentary. The point here is this. Despite all that God had done, despite all that he had brought them through, Jacob still found himself doubtful about what God could do. He found himself doubtful and full, if I can use that word, full of fear. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, I know we got some super saints among us, but has anybody ever been there where you've been doubtful about your situation and your circumstances and full of fear? Glory to God. And he asked the question, the prophet asked the question, Jacob, why? Why do you say these things and yet you assert the name Israel? In other words, it's understandable being human that you might say certain things and feel certain things. But if you're called by a certain name, it comes as a bit of a surprise that certain words would come out of your mouth. And he encouraged, he's encouraged by the prophet to trust God and find his strength in who God is. If Jacob had paused to perform a forensic survey or recollection of their relationship with God, it would have revealed three things to him. It would have revealed, number one, that God is omnipotent. Somebody say amen. That means he is able. Somebody say God is able. He's able to do anything that he desires to do. But can you break that down for me, preacher? It means that he's all-powerful. He's almighty. He reigns supreme. He's preeminent. Here's an SAT word. He's dictatorial. They didn't teach that word at CBS. They did. 
You have to get to college to. He's dictatorial. What does that mean, preacher? He don't take orders from you or me or anybody else. Can I be black? Anybody else he's not taking orders from. The second thing, not only is he omnipotent, he's omniscient. Am I talking to anybody? God is omniscient. Uh, that means he's complete and unlimited in his knowledge and his awareness and his understanding of all things. Can you break that down? I'm glad you asked. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. Uh, he's sagacious. What does that mean? Here's another SAT word. He's pansophical. Come on, come on, come on. I've heard of philosophical. But he's pansophical. Come on, y'all. I need y'all to say that word three times. Say pansophical. Say it again. Pansophical. One more time. Pansophical. You're going to be using that word before the week is over. Before the week is over, you're going to be showing off what you know about God. Pansophical. What does it mean, preacher? It means that, 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 that he, you can't tell him nothing. Come on, come on. You can't tell him nothing that he doesn't already know. Can I quote that great philosopher Kanye West? Uh-uh. Did you say something? You can't tell him nothing that he don't already know. First thing is omnipotent. Second is omniscient. The third thing is that he's omnipresent. What are you saying there? It means he exists everywhere, all the time, at the same time. That means he's all-pervasive. He's infinite. He's worldwide, global, universal, and it doesn't even begin to cover who he is. He's boundless. Here's the other SAT words. He's ubiquitous. Y'all look like you use these words all the time. He's ubiquitous. What does that mean, preacher? That means he's everywhere you've ever been. Let it sink in. Everywhere you've ever been, when you thought nobody was there, he was right there. He was in the car. Look at my cousin. They look somewhere else. All right. He's everywhere and has been everywhere. There was never time. There was never season or point. There was never any moment where he was not in the room. If he had just taken the time, if he had just taken the time to survey his history of God, he would have been reminded of these three things. Had Jacob just paused to ponder how the people of God got over, how he got over, if he had just paused to ponder that, there would have been no doubt, there would have been no fear that God had his best interest at heart. He would have had that blessed assurance from Romans 8.28. God causes all things. Does anybody, does anybody's testimony? He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Is there anybody that loves God up in here this morning? Come on. Do you love God? Do you really love Jesus? Amen. And so our question this morning, Ebenezer, when we consider where God has brought you from, what he has brought you through, how he brought you over. When we pause to consider it, why do we sometimes act like God doesn't see the entire situation? Why do we sometimes act like and feel like and speak as if the battle is over before it's actually over? 
Why? 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 Why come? How come? Why do we sometimes act like God does not know what's actually in our best interest? Now, what do I mean by that? There's some, if I told the whole truth, there's some things I wanted. There are things I prayed for, I labored for, I asked God for. There's some things that I wanted that God said no because he knew and understood that it was not in my best interest. And, it's, and again, it's one thing if you're going to say certain things being human, but if you're called by a certain name, if you're called by a certain name, there's some things that ought not come out of your mouth. I'm not talking about cussing. I'm not, I, I'm not talking about positive thinking, negative thought. I, I'm saying there's some things that ought to not come out your mouth if you've been walking with God any, can I be back again, any amount of time. There's some things that ought not come out of your mouth. Do I need to talk to myself? There's some things I might think but there's some things I should not say because I've been walking with God too long. Why does not, not God not see what's in my best interest? Why is what's due to me being hidden from me? That there's some things, there's some things that ought not come out of my mouth. And so why does it happen? Why does it happen? Can we just be real? It is because we're human. I need somebody to own that this morning because I know we got some super saints out there, amen, ain't never done nothing wrong, they was born saved in the third pew, amen, but I need somebody to put your hand on your own chest and just admit, I'm human, I'm human, I'm human, I'm human, all right, we're human, and so what does that mean, that means we going doubt sometimes, and sometimes we're going to have fear, just because we're human, amen, famous quote I can offer you a couple, it says that belief in God does not exempt us from feelings of abandonment by God. It doesn't exempt us from the feeling. It doesn't exempt us from every now and again feeling that God has abandoned us. Even Jesus hanging on the cross, what do you say? Why hast thou forsaken me? If Jesus would ask the question, us being human, every now and then, we're going to ask, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me. Amen. So just because we love God, just because we believe in God, we're not exempt from asking that question every now and then. John Calvin, first theologian and pastor of the Reform, uh, he, said, he said one day, surely we cannot imagine any certainty that is not tinged with doubt or any assurance that is not assailed by some anxiety. What are we saying there? Even in our blessed assuredness, we wonder, is God going to come through again? Okay, now, 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 we've all said that. We've all said it. Lord, if you don't come through one more time, you've already done enough. Is that anybody's testimony? Lord, if you don't show up and show out one more time, you've already done enough. You're still worthy of the honor. You're still worthy of the praise. And so every now and then, we're going to still wonder. We're going to still ask the question. We're going to still have the little heebie-jeebies on the inside. Even in our blessed assuredness, is he going to come through again? Now, this young lady, her name is Jennifer Haddock. I don't know who she is. I don't know why she was worthy of quoting, amen. She said, every wise man knows doubt from time to time. And, look, at, let us think in. Every wise man knows doubt from time to time. Watch this. It's the fool that allows it to rule his judgment. 
Yep, they missed it over there. I want you to count three people. One, two, three. Every wise man. Three, four, five. Everyone wise. Every now and again is going to have some doubt and fear. But you have to be a fool to allow your decision making to be based on your doubt and your fear. What do you mean by fool? Only a fool says, the Bible tells us, that there is no God. So we've got to be careful because some of the things that come out of our mouth, they seem to suggest that we don't believe in God. Even though he brought us over, even though he brought us through it, amen, he's going to come through time and time and time again. We'll still ask the question, why has thou forsaken me? Why? Why? And so the point to ponder is this, brothers and sisters. Did you not come this far by faith? Oh, we'll sing that song, won't we? <laughs> we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He ain't never failed me yet. Come on, somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can't turn around. Did you not come this far by faith? In times of your greatest doubts, I'll talk to myself right. In times of my greatest doubts, in times of my greatest fears, am I strong enough to let go and let God handle it? Am I strong enough? Because you can hold on to a situation too long. You can hold on to a relationship too long. You can hold on to a job too long. You can try too hard to get your kids. I'm talking to myself right now. Your grown kids, you can try too hard to lead them down the straight and narrow. What takes real strength is to let them go and let God have his way. Let go. Why is it so hard? All right, let me give you this in the time that I have left. Three, three steps to surrendering to let go and let God. Number one, take a leap of faith. Be willing to take a leap of faith. Somebody say a leap. A leap of faith. When we leap, since we cannot judge God with our eyes, we shift from the material to the immaterial. Am I talking too fast? From the material to the immaterial, things that we can't see is what we have to then rely on. And move forward, watch this, believing that he will catch us when we fall. Understand this is different between a leap of faith and stepping out on faith. Black, black folk, we big on, on stepping out on faith. Here's the thing about stepping out on faith. When you step out on faith, you got a foot on solid ground. When you step out on faith, you step out on faith recognizing that you might have to step back. That, that ain't really faith, amen? Because you're stepping out, believing, oh, this is what God has for me. But in case he don't, I got this to step back on. But when you take a leap of faith, come on, brother, stand right here for a second. Stand right here. Now, now, now when you take a leap, all right, I'm not really going to jump. Sit down. But I appreciate you. He, he was ready for the demonstration. A leap of faith is when you know you ain't got no way back in the other direction. A leap of faith. Once you start falling, there's no way. What did the commercial say? I've fallen and I can't get up. A leap of faith. You know that the only way is for God to catch you. 
Look at what Hebrews 11, 1 and 3 tells us. It says, now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the world were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. God is going to catch you. Somebody may, I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. I hope I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who this is for. God going to catch you even if you don't see how. Because we're guilty of that. Oh, we'll step out when we when we know we're gonna, we, they're going to have a way. There's going to be something there for us, a cushion, something. Come on, Jesus. But I'm telling you this morning on my way to heaven, go ahead and take a leap of faith. Come on, somebody. God's going to catch you even if you don't know how. God's going to provide a way even when he don't tell you what his plans are in advance. Second thing, second thing, I got, I, I'm running out of time. You got to prayerfully surrender. Prayerfully surrender. Prayerfully, what do you mean? You got to pray before you do something foolish. That's what you just said. Just jump out on faith. I didn't say be no fool. Come on, don't quit your job till you got another one. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't tell off your supervisor until you know. You got something lined up. Am I talking to you, brother? Amen. Listen, prayerfully surrender. What do you mean that? What does prayerfully surrender look like? Now here, and, and this may just take the rest of my time. Here's what prayerfully surrendering looks like. If you're going to pray, this is, what we, this is what we tell ourselves. If you're going to pray, don't worry. You ever heard that? If you're going to pray, don't worry. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. All right, that sounds good. It sounds good. But it, it, it ain't good. It ain't good. It sounds good. You're going to worry if, if, if you're going to, you know, how, how does it go? When you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. All right, I'm going to turn your attention to Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 44. And this is how this last point I'm going to make today. What does it look like to prayerfully surrender? What does prayerfully surrendering look like? Does anybody want to know? Does anybody want to know? What does prayerfully surrendering look like? Verse 41 says, And he was withdrawn, talking about Jesus, about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed. This is Jesus. Verse 42 says, He said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Did you see that? Now, Jesus has prayed, and he surrendered. Do you see that? Father, if it's, not, if it's your will, take it away, Lord, but it's not my will, but thy will be done. Now, 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 watch this. He has prayed. Stay with me. He has prayed, and he has surrendered. But look at verse 43. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. Now, he done prayed, and he surrendered. Yet he still needed an angel to strengthen him. So in other words, even after you've prayed, after you've surrendered to the will of God, you still might be weak. Come on, somebody up in here. I need somebody who sees it. I need somebody who gets it. Now follow this. Verse 43. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. Note, note this right here. Jesus has prayed. He has surrendered. Right? And he has been strengthened by an angel. Do you see that? Look at verse 44. And being in agony, 
we pray more earnestly. Now he done prayed, surrendered, and then and, and, and then strengthened, and then he continued to pray. Y'all missed it. So 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 if you don't pray and surrender, what 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 you, what, what, we, what you still at the altar for? Why 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 are you coming down the altar every week? Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. You know, he done prayed, surrendered, he's been strengthened, and yet he's still praying. He's still praying. Now watch this. He said, verse 44 says he prayed more earnestly. Can I break that down? That means he prayed harder. He prayed harder for what he has already prayed for. He's already surrendered that it may not be God's will, or his will may not be God's will. He's already prayed and he's surrendered. He's been strengthened, and now he's praying harder. I hope I'm painting a perfect picture, y'all, for what prayer for the roots like. Amen? All right, so then here's what it says. Here's what it says. Notice here. After praying, after surrendering, after being strengthened, Jesus still in agony. His agony does not cease just because he prayed. Okay, he's still in agony. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. In other words, he prayed harder and he prayed some more. Somebody say some more. Then, the Bible tells us, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Can I paint a perfect picture? He prayed. He surrendered. He was strengthened. Being human, he's still worried. He prayed some more. Then he starts sweating. So much so that his sweat was like drops of blood. Different folks believe that he started sweating blood. No, his sweat was coming out of his pores so greatly that it looked like blood coming out of his body. This is what Jesus did. And then he prayerfully surrendered to the will of God. Don't let nobody tell you. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not holy enough. You are not righteous enough because you worry sometimes. You have doubts. You have fears. You have uncertainty. But at the end of it, don't let those doubts, fears, and uncertainties rule your decision. In other words, on the other side of all that doubt and fear could be your blessing. On the other side of letting go of that bad relationship, God might have a husband or a wife for you. On the other side of walking out of that job, God might have a career for you. He might have your own corporation for you. On the other side of you leaving your child alone, they just might get it together when you close your mouth and get out of their ear. I'm talking to myself right now. We have to surrender prayerfully, not willy-nilly. And the question to us today is, if you feel doubt and you feel fears, what do you think is happening here? God is trying to work things out. God is trying to move us sometimes, and we refuse to be moved. We, that's another one we heard. I shall not be moved. Sometimes you need to move. Sometimes you need to move. Relationship ain't right. Job ain't right. Neighborhood ain't right. They burning crosses on your on your lawn. Move. You don't have to stay and fight a battle. Sometimes God uses situations to move you from where you are to where He wants you to be. And yet we have reason to celebrate. Somebody, come on, somebody, give God some praise. We still have reason to celebrate. 
Because while we're going through whatever it is we're going through, we are able to abide in Christ. John 15, 5 tells us that I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. There's the thing to wrap your brain around. You can't succeed on a job without Jesus. You can't make a godly marriage if God ain't in it. You can't lead and guide your kids down the right path by cussing them out. Am I talking to anybody? We're the branches. He's the vine. When we're at our weakest point, understand this. When, you, when we let go and let God, we're acknowledging our weakness. All right, I'm, I'm off script. When we let go and let God, we're acknowledging that there's nothing else we can do. There's nothing else we can try when we let go and we let God. And God is in heaven saying, what took you so long? What took you so long to realize there's nothing you're going to do to make this relationship right? Nothing you're going to do is going to make them like you on this job. They're in the coffee room talking about their weekend and you reading your Bible in your cubicle. Of course they wanted you out of there. Ain't nothing you're going to be able to do for your child. You done, you done trained them up and raised them the way that they should go, and now they done parted. But guess what? God is able to pull them back on the straight and narrow if you have just take your hand off of it. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. When we are our weakest, when we're our weakest, I mean, we let go. We stop trying to move and shake things. When we're at our weakest, that's when God is at his strongest. 2 Corinthians 12.10 tells us, therefore, I take, I take pleasure in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my reproaches, in need, in, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How am I strong? I'm strong through Christ who strengthens me. Infirmities mean my mental weakness. Reproaches mean my disappointments. Persecutions mean when I'm being victimized. When I let go is when God shows up and shows out. The conclusion of the matter is this. When we surrender, when we, we, we surrender that uh, perfect power of God is, is going to show up. But only when we stop trying to make things happen. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 tells us, what is this? let me miss this iPad. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast, watch this, I'd rather boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We can celebrate what a mighty God we serve. Amen. And come on, somebody, give God a hand clap of praise when we let go. See, if, if, if I made it work, if I made it work, I made it through. I got myself over, then what a mighty person I am. Then I'm so smart. I'm so clever. I'm so resourceful. But when I let go and I done got to the end of my road and God shows up and makes a way out of no way, then I can say, what a mighty God we serve. Come on. Y'all received that message today? Come on. You received that message. What a mighty God we serve. Verse 31, if you drop down, says, if we wait on the Lord, we'll gain new strength. 
Because I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be holy and super holy and righteous, and not acknowledge the pain of disappointment. Some things we've been trying to make happen for a long time. Some things we've been believing God for, and those things just aren't happening. You believe God for something, and then just disappointment and reality just sets in. I don't want to be insensitive and act like I don't know that pain. But the scripture tells us in verse 31, that if we would wait on the Lord, we'll gain new strength. We'll mount up with wings like eagles. We'll run and not get tired. And we will walk and never faint. Wait on God. Be strong enough in whatever the situation, I don't know who I'm talking to, whatever the situation Whatever the circumstance, y'all, somebody looking at me saying, but you don't know what I've been, no, I don't need to know. Somebody, somebody tell you, God knows everything. God knows it all. The pre- he, he up there preaching like, but he don't know. God knows everything. And he understands the situation better than I ever could. You don't need me to understand. You don't need Pastor Person to understand. You don't need a deacon, a prayer partner, a prayer warrior. All you need to know is that God understands and he has your best interest at heart. Come on, praise the Lord if you heard from God in this message. God bless you today. We're going to extend an invitation for any of those things that want to give your life to the Lord. We are extending the invitation to you right now to join with us here. If that's you, won't you take the lead? Won't you take the lead? The doors of the church are open. Won't you take the lead? We all for Christ.
Amen. Christ our Lord invites us to this his table, all who love him and seek to grow in his likeness. Let us draw near in faith and make our humble confessions unto Almighty God. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we are grateful for this opportunity to celebrate you at this table, this table that represents your sacrifice. But more than that, it represents your love for each and every one of us. God, we ask right now that you would consecrate these elements holy, that they might become for us the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. If you have not received your elements today, won't you raise your hand so that our deacons may serve you? Now behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the earth. Now behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the earth. Just raise your hand and take a seat and take a seat. I 
our ushers will now come and select Thank you. 